Welcome to another edition of Having a Natter with Simon Robinson and David Silito. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. Um, you will notice that Imogen has uh, decided not to uh, grace us with her presence for this podcast. And who can blame her? Um, although it doesn't bode well that if one of the people who speaks on it can't be bothered to turn up. Um, I don't know why we expect of any kind of meaningful audience. So, um, But we are, we are where we are. So um, maybe, maybe passively listening to it is a lot more enjoyable than taking part. I personally can't see how that could even be possible because my enjoyment uh, levels are off the charts when oh, I know that. Yeah. But I know I get the I get I get the nightly weeping phone calls, don't I? Saying when can we do the next podcast? <laughs> when can we do the next podcast? Um, so uh, well, your your prayers have been answered, or your, your yeah, dreams. Here we are. Um, so yes, so thank you everyone for um, uh, listening. Um, even if it's only to this far, but we're going to talk today about the case of uh, Regnanti v Essex Care Limited, or Cares Limited, um, which is a, an interesting, I mean, some people might say it's, um, it's a bit pointless because it's about COVID, but I disagree. Um, and what's happened is the, um, the, the remedies come out recently, which is why it's back in the news, but it's probably worth talking to you about the, the facts of the case. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can't really frame it any other way, I suppose. Can I, Dave? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 it's relevant. I mean, it's general general principles applied to circumstances as they were in, in COVID. But yeah, but yeah it's a case about um, health and safety detriment and constructive unfair dismissal and the implied term to provide a, uh-huh. a safe system of work, isn't it? So they will remain relevant and we'll yeah. continue to see cases um, about COVID coming through the, the tribunals and the, the Employment Appeal Tribunal. Yeah, and the, the underlying principle of employment law that I always bang on about whether people want to hear it or not is be reasonable. Um, this it was very much banging on about it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that very much sum, sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I um, implication that nobody's really listening or paying attention. No. I imagine myself being one of those. <laughs> you know those kind of um you, you hear the speaker's corner and saying police yeah. police today dragged dragged away a mad northern irishman who was repeatedly telling people to be nice <laughs> yeah as long as you haven't got a loud Haley, it should be okay <laughs> Pol- political political <laughs> satire there you didn't expect that did you <laughs> and we haven't even gone to your observational comedy yet <laughs> oh yeah is- um, i'm looking through the window yeah, so, so regular um, <laughs> listeners of this podcast or people who've met Dave will know that when it comes to observational comedy, he's got the observation part down yeah. brilliantly. And he's just giving you an example. Give, can you give us another observation? Oh, um, well, this one, I mean, perhaps doesn't work on a podcast forum, but maybe it'll translate. All your, um, we're doing this on Zoom, so it's important to set the scene. Yeah. Your, ba- your background's blurry. Yeah. So what he's done, you see, he, he's observed <laughs> something, hasn't he? But but what I say in, in as polite a way as possible to him is it's the comedy aspect. Yeah. But, you know, 50% there. Yeah. As, as you said yesterday, I've broken the back of it, haven't I? The observation. Yeah, I did say that. So, we got, <laughs> so we, I'll give you the, we were looking out the window yesterday at the office and there was an enterprise rental truck. Yeah. And I said to Dave, which I thought was quite witty, I said, I don't think much of this new Star Trek remake. <laughs> which which is all right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I, I continued the theme, didn't I? There was another there was another van there, MB yeah. Painters and Decorators. Yeah. And I said, Oh, Michael Ball's singing career is obviously gone down. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you can imagine the uh, the laughs and japes we have in the office. <laughs> it is absolutely top drawer. And yeah, as I say, for, for unknown reasons, Imogen's decided uh, not to be on this podcast. So <laughs> so, <laughs> so so um so uh, right, well that's that's the hilarious bit aside. Now we're going to talk about in this in this highly structured podcast, we're going to talk about the judgment. So, so this is a, this case is um, it was about whenever the 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 early days of the of the COVID um, pandemic, and in that case, the the claimant um, whose husband had cancer and was categorised as clinically extremely vulnerable, she didn't want to go into the office and um, and risk bringing COVID home so for the first few weeks of lockdown she was allowed to work from home um but then um during april uh, 2020 um the company insisted that she either return to the office or take 12 weeks unpaid leave and she she resigned in in response to that so as you'll all remember that the, the government guidance at the time was everyone should still stay at home unless absolutely necessary um and the tribunal found um, she was admitted, by the way, I should say she was an administrator and working in a, in a support role and could, and, and what the, the, the tribunal said was, um, our view is that the vast majority of her tasks could have been done at home. The company appears to be more concerned with fairness arguments, which essentially boil down to asking why should she get away with being at home? Um, and as Juliet will tell you, um, uh, living with me, she would never describe it as getting away with living at home. She would view it as some kind of punishment I suppose in a way but the the emphasis the tribunal said was placed by the company in getting her back into the office seems to us all out of proportion to the benefit gained by the company um, we view her refusal to return as uh, reasonable and there was no option to stay from home uh, to working from home the options were 12 weeks without any pay at all or to stay at a hotel so the tribunal said on the one hand the company was happy to do without her work for 12 weeks and wasn't particularly concerned about the effect that had on them or her, but on the other hand, was prepared to go to extreme lengths, as the tribunal called it, with such a hotel bill to ensure that she carried on working. The two approaches are quite inconsistent. The upshot seems to be that they were prepared to insist on her working from the office, regardless of the cost or consequences for her or for the company. And then they criticised the way it was handled and said that the tone of the emails was quite hostile and there was a real lack of sympathy from the company towards the claimant and no recognition that she genuinely believed she was putting her husband's life at risk if she came into the the office uh, and the tribunal said the difficulties of working from home seem to have been exaggerated and escalated unnecessarily and then they awarded her a total of fifteen thousand seven hundred sixty pounds and 32 pence ten thousand two hundred sixty pounds of that was for unfair dismissal and five and a half thousand was for detriments suffered on health and safety grounds uh, contrary to section 44 Employment Rights Act 1996. That's a that's a summary of the case. And, and Dave's got some thoughts on that. Well, I have. Well, my interest was piqued by the health and safety uh, aspect of it. Um, and the um, relevant statute says that somebody's got a right not to suffer a detriment or be um, automatically unfairly dismissed, and it was the detriment that was, was, was relevant um, here. Uh, 
in where they, um, in circumstances of danger, which the employee reasonably believed to be serious and imminent, and which they could not reasonably have been expected to avert, left um, or refused to return to their place of, of work. Um, so the words there are serious and imminent. And um, uh, people who've listened to our webinars and our discussions previously about um, COVID and the relevance of the health and safety provisions to, to that will rec perhaps recall or perhaps have wiped from their memory because it was so boring. Um, but uh, discussion about whether or not it could be said that going to work and potentially catching COVID um, could be a serious and imminent danger. Now, of course, um, obviously, for some people, the consequences of catching COVID would be severe. That would include um, here for the claimant's husband. But would it be um, imminent? Well, um, the, the tribunal in this case did say uh, that the risk to Mr. Regnante if he caught COVID was serious, but I can't see in the judgment, um, and I have in, in, enlisted the benefits um, or, or the assistance of uh, the internet or, the, the, or, or Microsoft to search for the word, but I can't see where they dealt with um, the danger being imminent. They said that um, the risk was serious, but they didn't deal with the issue of imminent. Now, whether or not that is something that the company could appeal on, I, I think, yes, they probably could appeal if they wanted to. Whether it's financially worth them doing so is, is another issue entirely. The compensation aspect for the, the, the detriment was £5,500. Um, the compensation aspect for the unfair dismissal which would still stand despite that was 10,000 pounds. So um, they may decide it's not worth the bother and the financial effort of appealing. But I, I did think that was um, a possible criticism of the, the tribunal's judgment. Um, the, the constructive unfair dismissal aspect was, um, uh, was relatively um, straightforward, uh, I, I think, um, you know, tribunal said well uh, there's no reason why she shouldn't have been permitted to work from from home um, they were at pains I thought to point out that you know this wasn't a company that had been gung-ho about the risks of COVID you know, they had taken measures to implement health and safety protections and um, social distancing and uh, extra hand washing and so on where you know where possible in the workplace but social distancing wasn't um, completely possible to the extent of one and a half to two meters per person. Um, and uh, it was um, despite that really positive of general approach, their approach to Mrs. Regnante that was that was the, uh, yeah. the, the, the issue. Yeah, you're right. A power, if anyone who's interested in looking at the judgment, paragraph 27 sets out the measures would they take and then there's A to O. And, and Dave's listed some of them as, as well. There was all hand sanitizer units were placed around the office. Um, each evening, the office cleaners came in. Um, number of staff in each room was restricted. Windows and doors kept open. No fans, heaters or air conditioning units were allowed. So there's quite a lengthy list of, of what, they, what they have done. And, and it does mention in the law section, as you'd expect, about imminent. 
Um, but then you're, you're right, Dave, I can't see whenever they then come to their conclusions that they actually focus on that or even mention that word at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, um, I would say it's, I mean, this is a tribunal judgment, of course, so it's not binding on future tribunals. Um, it might be indicative of the way that future tribunals will, will view cases of this, this sort. But, um, you know, obviously, at the moment, there are um, quite often tensions between employers and employees um, in terms of returning to, to work. Um, not everybody wants to. Um, companies are implementing trial measures or have been implementing trial, trial measures. Um, some people are resistant to, to that, um, to, to coming back to the, to the office, even on a trial basis. Uh, um, and, and the tribunal here, I just wanted to pick out this sentence, the difficulties of working from home seem to have been exaggerated yeah. and escalated unnecessarily. Um, so, you know, be aware of making decisions based on, well, this is how we've always done things and we want to um, get people back in and we don't see how you can effectively work from from home even where you have been doing for the past um uh, for the past uh, uh, you know few months now yeah. i think the, the vast majority of businesses will probably be able to justify at least on a trial basis for reasons of continuity and communication and client care and so on you know requiring there to be at least on a hybrid basis attendance at the office you know at the very least but um do think through the reasons why you are requiring that and be prepared to justify it, even if um, you aren't having to deal with circumstances where people are making flexible working requests for childcare or disability, stroke health related um, reasons. You know, you could still, where employees have two years service, be faced with a constructive um, dismissal claim. Yeah, and I think ultimately it's got to be, a bit, as I said, be reasonable. And I think the, the, the company seem to have got themselves in a bit of bother by having two extreme um, approaches or two extreme options, which was um, either don't work and we won't pay you, um, which would imply the work wouldn't need done, or do the work, but you've got to do it in a, in a hotel um, or, or stay in a hotel, sorry, for the 12 weeks with all the costs that, that it seems the company would be paying. Um, to, to put her up in the in the in the hotel so uh, yeah it, it 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 does seem a little bit like they got in a they got in their minds that people had to come back into work no matter what and then if people didn't want to come back into work they weren't gonna pay them which or this claimant in particular which is which is odd when she was able to do the work from from home so yeah it's again as I said at the beginning of this just it's about being reasonable um and not trying to um Put a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. So I think um, I think we we've, we've done that case now, haven't we? I think so. I don't think we did it very well. I think so as well. All right. Well, on that um, on that bombshell, um, we shall go. Thank you, everyone, and we shall see you next time. Thank you, Dave. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.